welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. We are so grateful for these graduates, God. We thank you so much, Jesus, that they've put the time in through school and high school and college and tech school and, and all of these things that they've gone through, Father. And, and so, Lord, this, this morning, as they're in the presence of this house today, God, I pray that they would know that before they were even knit together that you ordained all of their steps. And so, God, if there's any fear or worry or anxious thoughts about what is next, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that you would remind them of that famous thing that we say all the time from Jeremiah 29, 11, that you know the plans that you have for them, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper and not to harm, plans to give them a hope and a future. And I know that we use that so many times, but God, I pray that that promise would be sealed upon their heart in those moments where they're saying, what am I supposed to do next? Everybody's asking me what my career is going to be, and I have no idea. Everybody wants to know what I want to do, and I have no idea. Or some that are graduating from college are going, everybody wants to know what my job is going to be. I have no idea what my job is going to be. God, I pray that you would remind them in those times where they're doubting and there's darkness that seeps in, you have them. So we thank you, and we honor these graduates today, and we declare, Father, that you are going to be the God of their life every day of their life. We love you. We praise you. We thank them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give them one more hand? Sweet. Proud of you seniors, Tristan. So fun. Hey guys, you guys are in for a really big treat today because you get to hear from the fun pastor. All right? They call me the next generation pastor for a reason because I'm not like Matt and I'm not like Aaron. Okay, I like to have fun. I like to ride around on a hoverboard. I like to do all kinds of crazy stuff. I keep a Nerf gun in my office and it's loaded all the time. That's for Ryan Wallace because he comes in. There's a constant prank war going on at the church. But guys, I'm super excited to talk to you today. Um, and we're going to just jump right in. First, let me introduce, I guess I told you a little bit about myself. I'm Jacob. A lot of you may not know me. My wife is Jordan. Our son is Emerson. And he's the cutest baby I've ever seen. All right? I'm t- I know it might be biased, but he is amazing. And so I love him. He's going to grow up and be one bad drummer. I'm praying that. All right? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. amen. All right. Cool. So let's pray. And then if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Philippians today, okay? So, Father, we love you. We love your presence. Thank you for reliance. Uh, Thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we just give you full permission to come in the room right now and to to, um, unlock it to us, Jesus. Um, Just bring revelation of who you are, of how you are, of what you actually think about us, God. And you'd give us courage to, um, to step out in faith and to put feet to our faith, and to actually live in this relationship with you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We want to love you so much more. There's no other love like yours, God. And so if there's anything contesting in our hearts right now, Holy Spirit, I'm giving you permission. In my own heart even, Jesus, just come, Holy Spirit. Be the king of my heart, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen? Okay, guys. This is the season of graduations. I think Jordan and I have been to like 15, I think. It's been a lot. But it's been fun because you know what graduation parties mean? It means free food. And I love free food. So it's been fun. If you have a graduate, we're celebrating with you. May kind of always feels like this refreshing month of just celebration. We're on the cusp of summer. And so new things are right around the corner. And May is just fun. School is ending and the kids are rejoicing. 
and youth ministry gets, I mean, youth, youth ministry is super fun. I love working with Matt. He's amazing. Um, can we just get a, give a hand for Matt, our youth pastor and our worship pastor? Yeah. He loves our students with everything, and he prays for them, and he puts time and effort into knowing them and discipling them. So just, uh, if you think of Matt, pray for him, and just be so thankful for him because he's amazing. Um, okay, cool. All right, I'm finally going to get started. So the theme and what I hope you get from my message today is that we're going to move forward. We're moving forward with rejoicing. I want you guys to leave from this place moving forward and able to rejoice, okay? So here we are, starting off Philippians 1, verses 3 through 6. If you have your Bibles, go there with me, and let's read along. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Okay, this is a huge promise right here. If you don't have this verse underlined or highlighted, underline that verse because it's amazing. It's a ginormous promise. Jesus says... he who began the work is going to bring it to completion. And so me being a youth pastor, I want to charge you guys and the students, as bad as I want our kids to get it, as bad as I want them to know Jesus and to fall in love with Jesus, guess who wants that more? Jesus wants that more, okay? And so I, what God has been showing me, he's been showing me the importance of just trusting him and just trusting him with our students, with Tristan and Katie and Jonah and whoever, whoever is our students. And he's been tr- telling me to pray. And he really convicted my heart with this a few weeks ago. Jordan and I will drive home from youth ministry or from RSM Wednesday nights and we're like, man, this is so good. So-and-so's getting it. But I don't think so-and-so is getting it. And we just get so discouraged in that moment. But then Jesus is like, why don't you pray for them? You can disciple them and you can love on them all day long, but ultimately your faith won't save them. I, only me, only me. Why don't you ask me to do the work? Why are you trying, why are you graveling so much that they might know me? Why don't you just pray for them and show them who I am, but don't get worked up about them not knowing me, okay? He's been showing me to trust and even with people like unbelievers or maybe you have know people that are believers that they're just, it just kind of, they walk around discouraged or like they don't get it. I just want to encourage you right now, pray for them, but don't get worked up about them. Okay? And I know that can be hard because we love people. I'm not telling you not to love people and not to care about people and have compassion. But I'm telling you right now, don't let it discourage you in your faith with Jesus. Okay? So he's showing me the importance of praying for our students and as bad as I want them to get it. Jesus wants it more. And we can have confidence in others because God does. When we have confidence in people, we can actually see them through a lens more like Jesus. Jesus isn't watching us saying, man, you just keep messing up. I don't know if I can trust you. It's not what he's thinking about you. It's not what he's thinking about us. But Jesus is wholeheartedly, he gave everything on the cross that we might know him. He didn't have any second thoughts about any of us. He had complete confidence in us. And if he can have confidence in, in, in us, then why can't we? Right? If Jesus is our example, why can't we follow his example? I want to encourage you to step out in faith to move forward in that. That he who began a good work is faithful to carry it on to completion. And we can pray with joy because of people's partnership with the gospel. Whether we think they get it or not, it's not up to us. 
okay? So pray with joy. Don't be discouraged. Don't be downcast. We're jumping on to Philippians 1, 9 through 11. Paul writes, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and what may be pure, or what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Okay, so my prayer is that you abound in love more and more. Seniors, as you go from here, people, or whatever you're doing, as you go to work tomorrow, my prayer is that you abound in love more and more. Amen? Who wants to abound more and more, uh, more in love? Everybody. That was my prayer for 2019 when we did our strat plan last year, or at the start of this year. Like, what do you want to see, Jacob, in youth ministry, in young adult ministry, in reliance? And I, what God put on my heart is I want to see people have greater love. I want them to know Jesus. The only way that we can have greater love is if we actually know the best love. Amen? So don't, don't be like a light bulb trying to turn yourself on when you're not even plugged in. Okay? You're just like... And it's silly. You're not plugged into a light source, but when you're plugged into the source, then it's just like you naturally turn on. All right? Okay. That you abound more and more in love. So guess what this means? God's going to give you opportunity... To, to grow in love. And that looks uncomfortable, all right? You know what that looks like? That looks like kindness to your enemies. That looks like patience when you don't want to be patient. Amen? Who can resonate with that? But that's where you grow. That's where you grow in love. In depth of insight. Um, depth of insight. Sorry, I'm getting lost in my notes. Our printer, like, faded them for me, so I'm kind of winging some of this. Come on, Lord, let's go. Come on, Lord. All right. Yeah. So opportunity is going to come for us to grow in love, right, and patience and kindness. We get to step into that, and don't expect it to be easy, okay? But don't be intimidated by it either, all right? Because we grow when we walk through hard things. On the other side, we get to find out what the beauty is of enduring hope, and we get to find out the new joy of working hard for something. How many of you know what it's like when you've worked hard for something and you finally get to reap that reward? Isn't that such a good feeling? Stay faithful in the gospel. And more than any understanding that you receive, whether it's from university, if you're a college student, or if you're a boss, or if you're whatever, get understanding of God's word, that you may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight. Okay, don't be wise in your own eyes. But actually know, under, be understanding of who God is and know the word and let that be your anchor. Let it be your life anchor, not your own knowledge and not your um, teacher's knowledge or your boss's knowledge, but let God's knowledge be yours. He wants to tell you everything about himself if only we would just listen. And I promise you, the Holy Spirit is the very best teacher. Amen? And I also want to encourage you guys to surround yourselves with people that will run after Jesus with you. Brie mentioned this last summer, and it was just so good. She was talking about her, her and my wife were talking about the Holy Spirit in the car on their way to Walmart one day. Like, how many friends do you have that you can drive to Walmart with and just talk about the Holy Spirit? I hope you have at least one, at least one, okay? And if you don't have those friends, I really want to encourage you to find those friends because we can't run alone, amen? It says, you'll be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus. So guess what else that means? That means it's not your righteousness. That means it's Jesus' righteousness. Amen? 
So quit trying to be self-righteous. If you're trying to be good, if you're trying to follow Jesus, like, and, and you're worked up about it, and you're just like, ah, I can't do this. It's hard. It's hard. And the road is too narrow. Quit making it about your own righteousness. All right? Like, I say that in love because Jesus, I hope you hear that in love because that's the truth. It's Jesus' righteousness over you. It's the blood of Jesus over you, not your own righteousness. And it'll never be your own righteousness. To the glory and the praise of God. And I tell our students this all the time, but there's this massive question of why in the world do we exist? And the simple reason is you exist because God wants you to. Okay? He thought to himself, I want a trace Neiman. Bam, I'm going to make a trace Neiman. There will never be another one. There has never been one before him. There will never be another. That's how special you are to Jesus. You exist solely for the glory and the praise of him. Okay, we're going to jump ahead here to Philippians 2, 14 through 16. And this is a really wonderful verse that you should underline in circle too. Okay? It says, do everything, say everything, without grumbling or complaining. Or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. And then it says, then you'll shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Are you guys surrounded by unbelievers in places that you go? Probably. My bet would be, yeah. You probably work a job with some people who don't know Jesus, don't like Jesus, don't want to follow Jesus, think you're some holy roller. Guess what? You get to show them Jesus. No matter how bad they treat you, you get to shine like stars amidst the perverse and crooked generation. And there's no pressure. There's only grace, okay? So don't feel like there's pressure to be a representation of the gospel because, again, it's not about your righteousness. It's about his, amen? So just live into his righteousness. And there's grace to live in such a way. There is grace to actually live a life without grumbling or complaining. We think it's impossible but that's your natural mind. You got to get a supernatural mindset. Let the Holy Spirit come and re, like rework some of those things in your mind, give you supernatural mindset so that you can, there's grace to actually step into a better way to live. Amen? If you, I want you to write that down. If you're taking notes, write that. There's grace to actually live a better way. Okay? And I want to encourage you as well. You guys are influencers. Everyone's an influencer. Influence is like, it's, it's a, oh, I don't know how to describe influence. Forget that. But you, you can leave a good influence or you can leave a bad influence. Everybody knows what influence means, right? I don't need to explain that word. You know what that means. Okay, sorry. I told you I'm the fun pastor. Matt is like this. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. I'm going to wrap up here because Matt's got to finish this out. You're an influencer, good or bad, and you carry God's presence with you, and there's favor on you. As a Christian, as a Christian, someone who represents Jesus, there's favor on you. And I'm asking you, what will you do with that favor? Will you love people with it, or will you use it for yourself? God didn't give you favor for you to build yourself up. God gave you favor so you could show the world how good he is. Amen? Let your heart be established in the word. Um, let your heart be established in the word because if you're established in him, then you'll be like him. Okay, quit trying to be good people. I give you permission. Just be like Jesus, okay? And how you be like Jesus is you say, wow, Lord, thank you for your grace. That's that when I said there's, up, there's grace to live in such a way. 
thank you, Lord, for your grace that this isn't who I am, but this is actually who you say I am, and then live in that. Amen? Can we do that? We can do that. It's super easy. It's not that hard. We make it hard, but shine Jesus unashamedly. Put some feet to your faith and watch God do some wonderful things through you. And then Philippians 3.1, and it says this over and over again through Philippians. You should go through and highlight or circle the word rejoice. It says, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. And I know every preacher says this when they're talking about Philippians, but Paul's in prison when he wrote that, okay? And earlier in Philippians 1, 18 through 26, Paul talks about how he's convinced of the goodness of God, whether he gets out of prison or not, all right? You can have confidence, or you can rejoice in something and move forward in something if you have confidence in that thing. If you don't have confidence, then of course you'll be timid to move forward, all right? If you don't have confidence in Jesus, I'm telling you right now, ask the Holy Spirit to show you who he is, okay? It's not my job to show you how good God is. It's not Aaron's job. It's not Matt's job. It's not your grandpa's, whatever. It's God's, and he's faithful to complete the work that he began in you. Do you see how this whole letter is just like... Bam, 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 bam. Matt was like, dude, let's preach on Philippians 3. And, I, and I, he mentioned this one verse that I'm about to get to, and I couldn't find it. So I just started all of Philippians and was like, oh, man, we're going through the whole dang thing. Philippians is so good. All right, so rejoice. I'm going to encourage you, rejoice in the gospel daily. Don't forget to rejoice in the gospel daily. If you can't rejoice in the gospel today, then you need to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what's going on? I want to rejoice in you. And just, just tell yourself the story again. Remind yourself of God's love and watch like a natural reaction, a response of rejoicing. Amen? So remember to rejoice in the gospel daily um, in midterms week if you're a college student, finals week at work. Rejoice in the gospel. I remember I had a landscaping job and I walked with a weed eater all day long. And it was hard. And I didn't like my coworkers. And then God was like, hey, it's not about you. It's about me. Rejoice in my love. And then that totally flipped everything, and I was able to just love Jesus. That, that was amazing. So at your work, rejoice in the gospel. When your boss is awful to you, when someone tells you off, rejoice in the gospel. The more you know Jesus, the more you will love loving him. Isn't that really cool? Like there's no, there's no plateau in Jesus. I read this quote that it was talking about our soul, or I'm reading this book that Tom McCright gave me. It's talking about our soul, and it talks about how we always are longing. We have this, like, infinite longing for more. Well, what if that's, like, God put that in us because it's a mere image of what he's got, like, this infinite capacity to give us himself. Isn't that nuts? Like, your constant longing for more and desiring more good things, he's like, man, it's all in me. I put that there so you could have just an ever-wondering heart in me. Fix your eyes on me. How cool is that? That gets me excited about Jesus because the more I know him, the more I love him. The more I know him, the more questions I have, but the more I'm sure of him. Amen? Okay, my last scripture, and then Matt's going to come up here, and I'll skip that one. I'll go to the last one. All right. We're tag teaming this today, so it's not smooth, and I don't care. Philippians 3, 14, Paul writes, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus. Paul was so single-minded. He only loved Jesus, right? There were no other lovers in his heart, no other kings on the throne of his heart, just Jesus. And he said, I press on towards whatever God's called me. And the last one I was gonna quote was Paul says, I consider everything else a loss that I might know Jesus. I had these things, this was my status, but Jesus, 
He's changed everything. I want Jesus. And so I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God's called me heavenward. What's that prize? That prize is Jesus. If we're living like we want to go to heaven, like if we're living right now, we accept Jesus into our life, and we live in such a way that we're just waiting to go to heaven, then you, and you think heaven's the prize, then you miss it. Heaven's not the prize. Jesus is the prize because he's got room for your ever-wondering heart to find peace in him, amen? Okay, so Paul mentions prior in this verse that he forgets what's behind and he strains towards what's ahead. He's not dwelling on his mess-ups. He was responsible for Stephen's death. Do you remember Stephen? If you don't remember Stephen, Stephen was a martyr for the faith. He loved Jesus, was preaching the gospel. The Jews got angry and they stoned him. And Paul was like this guy of status in charge that said, yeah, that's all right by me. Go kill him. Cool? And then Stephen, amazing, looks into heaven and says, Father, forgive these people. Wow, that's the love of Jesus. So Paul doesn't, doesn't dwell on his mess-ups in the past, but he strains towards what's ahead. That's that whole thing of saying, wow, Father, thank you that this is not who I am anymore. I'm going to step into your grace, and I'm not going to walk discouraged. I'm going to actually walk encouraged in you, and I'm going to let this circumstance and this situation actually propel me into your presence because you're better than that. Amen? Can we do that? Can we take that simple step of saying, wow, Lord, this isn't what the truth is, but this is. And so I'm going to step into that. So I'm encouraging you guys, don't get down on yourselves. I see this a lot in Christians. A lot of Christians claim their sins as a, ba as a, as a badge of humility. All right? Like, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Yeah, that's so true, but quit living like a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And it's like, you think you're humble when you say that. Right, I, I'm, I want you to know I love you. I want you to know I love you. Okay? Yeah, that's true, but there's more to that truth. By that grace. Don't wear your sin like a badge of humility, but rather wear the blood of Jesus like a badge of righteousness. That's your reality. You went from sinner to saint. Am I hitting anybody's heart today? Okay, I'm about done. I'm about done. Yeah, this is good. I think this was good. I'm encouraged in the Lord. All right. I already said that. He's such a worthy prize. Jesus is the prize. Run in such a way that you get Jesus, not that you get heaven, okay? Trust him, believe in him. When you're weak, that's really okay because he uses that. He loves that. When you're weak, you can just run into his arms, and he just is like, I'll make you strong. It's not your strength anyways. It's not your righteousness. It's my righteousness. I want to clothe you in my righteousness and my love. So today I just want to declare over you that no matter the road you take, that he who began a good work and you will be faithful to complete it, the Holy Spirit would guide and direct your steps and that in him you'd find conviction and inspiration and through him you'll live the life, the fullest life that Jesus died to pay for. And there's so much more in store for you guys in Jesus so we can move forward in rejoicing in him. Amen? All right, Matt's going to come up here. So... Somebody say God is good. Like you mean it, God is good. 
Over the last couple of weeks, we've kind of had some fun in here. We've got a tag team of some messages. Last week, Christy and Pastor Tara brought a phenomenal word from the heart of a woman. Amen? Come on. And then today, Jacob and I get to tag team a little bit, and I'm sure you guys are looking at your clocks like, what in the world are we doing? And so let me look at mine. Um, what is awesome is this. Last, yesterday, I texted Jacob, and I said, Jacob, how long do you think you're going to teach or preach? And he goes, Oh, probably 10 minutes, 12 minutes max. And so then he went 30 minutes, and I said, you are officially a preacher, my brother. And so it is awesome to see Jacob grow. And I can tell you this. I've watched Jacob and Jordan grow up from 12 years old, and I see them maturing into young men and women with a heart after the Lord, and everything they do exemplifies that. Amen? And I love this as an example of Graduation Sunday because everything that we do as a church, is to equip people in the truth of God and allow them to live it out in truth. Amen? And it's exactly what Jacob talked about. I love this. We talked about going through Philippians 3, and Jacob was like, hey, man, I couldn't find the verse you were talking about, so I just read the whole book of Philippians, and I'm going to preach it. I'm like, let's do it, man. There's this joy that's overtaken. And I'll tell you, the graduation season is amazing. I speak to you graduates today, and I just say congratulations. I thank you for the life uh, that you've served here. I've known many of you since you were six and seven years old, and it's just amazing to see you grow up. It's amazing to see ah, just where God's bringing you, but the truth is, is there's still a lot ahead, amen? We're pressing on to what lies ahead. We're pressing on to the goal, running the race that God has for us. I will never forget my graduation day of high school, ever. I had a, my, my high school was 3,300 people, okay? We were sophomores, juniors, and seniors only. So my graduating class was almost 1,100. Yeah, could you imagine? I was bored out of my mind. They're naming names, and I'll never forget, I walk into this massive arena, and I'm sitting there, and I hear this, Lowry, and I turn around, and my girlfriend of five years, now my wife Darcy, is sitting in the stands, and this is my exact thought. Great, now I gotta sit through this boring thing till I get to see my girlfriend. Couldn't have you wait? Now the whole time I'm like, this is taking forever. It felt like four hours, you know what I'm saying? And I remember that day so clearly because I was so ready to be done with high school. Can I get an amen? Oh, man, I was so ready to be done. I was ready to move on. There was so much excitement. But graduation day came, and I still hadn't made a commitment of where I was going to go to college. And we had that dreaded question that every senior here is probably like, please don't ask. Like, what are you going to do next year? And you're like, <laughs> everybody else has it together, and they seem like everything's grand, and I still don't know, right? We can relate to that. And I remember... I had D1 scholarship offers to run track at Washington State University and Valparaiso and a couple other schools, but I didn't have the one that I wanted. I wanted to go to Colorado State University in my hometown of Fort Collins, Colorado. I wanted to run track there, and I wanted to do well. And I remember going and meeting with the coaches and all those things, and they asked me to go run for the state of Colorado this, in the summer, and so I was ready to graduate. I was ready to move on from high school and get into this next season. And they said, depending on how I did, there would be a scholarship offer. There would probably be some sort, but 
probably grander if I did better. And so I was ready. I was working hard. I was moving into this new season. And I told you my wife, or, or my now wife, my girlfriend came to see me graduation day of high school. And so I wanted to show her off to all my friends because they knew her a little bit. We had a long distance relationship for a while. And so we go to these graduation parties, and I get to one, and if you know anything about me, I'm extremely competitive, okay? Extremely. I do nothing halfway. And so we're playing a backyard game of soccer with one of the soccer players at our school. I go to his graduation party. We're having a good time, and I'm in the backyard, and we're playing soccer, and I'm running full speed, and I slide into a fence. I go to stand up, and I can't move. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to go to the hospital right now, and my wife's kind of like, my girlfriend at the time, is like, uh, what am I supposed to do? So my buddy carries me to the car. Darcy drives me to the ER. And we have to call my mom and say, hey, we're going to the ER. Long story short is I break my back. Break my back, graduation day of high school. I told you graduation day of high school changed my life forever. I remember talking to the different teams and the, the, the summer league that I was supposed to go run track. And they said, hey, man. You know, we're, we can't extend an offer to you for next year, but, hey, keep working hard, and that offer, if you're doing well, will we'll extend to the next year. And I was bummed, you know? I was ready for a new season. I was ready to start over fresh. I was ready to prove myself. And let me just tell you something. God has a plan for your life. And all of the things and my plans, the things that I had set before me, I was going to do well. I was going to run a race, literally, that was going to set my future, it was going to pay for college, it was going to do all these things, and I break my back, my graduation day of high school, and it was October of 2001, and I was just lost, I didn't really want to go to school just to go to school, and so I moved to a, a town of Wichita, Kansas, and I remember telling my friend, hey, if I'm there more than two years, literally come get me and drag me back home, okay, that was the same kid who brought me into the ER, okay. And so I, I literally said that to him. I remember coming to Wichita, and uh, my wife was going to a church. And so anyway, the, the church wasn't exactly what I was used to. And so we, we decided to go to a new one, and it was called Asbury Church. And I remember walking in, and I saw this guy. He was, like, young. Um, he was already balding, and he had a big gap in his teeth. Um, his name was Aaron Wallace. You know exactly what I'm talking about, Okay. And uh, I love having the microphone. I'm serious. Like, woo! This is why I only get to preach every couple months. And no joke, with a couple steps into the thing, he finds out I'm from Colorado. He asks me if I can ski. He talks me into going on the ski trip that is a week away. I just started a new job, and I end up going on the ski trip. And let me tell you this. In all of my plans and all of the things, God set people in my life to disciple me, to love me well, and to keep me on a path. And let me tell you, God began to put steps in my place. That man is a big influence on my life, a big reason that I am the person I am today, because he loved Jesus in me. He discipled me through the truth. He allowed me to serve. He allowed me to make a lot of mistakes. He allowed me to just be a vessel of God's love. And and I'm, I'm thankful to get to serve in ministry with him for 12 years. I'm thankful to get to serve with Jacob as there's some nuggets of truth today. And you get to see what our students are seeing every day. We don't water things down. We don't do, we bring the word of God and we let it work in lives. And my heart is this, before we get too far into this. I, 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 
I want to use Peter as an example today because I don't believe that this message is just for graduates. I believe it's for all of us because many times a lot of us lose our way. We look back and we begin to grumble. We begin to complain because things haven't gone exactly how we wished, thought, or planned. But let me tell you something. God's plans are better. Let me tell you this. God's ways are higher than your ways. His plans are greater than your plans because his plan is kingdom. It is kingdom. It is kingdom. It is not temporary. It is eternal. He is calling you to something so much greater. But the truth is, you have to be willing to lay your life down as he did for you. It's a hard truth. And so I look at Peter today. I've been studying all through this, uh, the, the Gospels, and I, I look at Peter, and he is probably, he uh, frustrates me to read about Peter. And the reason why is because I think I relate to Peter the most, is he is a mess. <laughs> he has these phenomenal ups and these awful lows, and sometimes they're in the same paragraph. <laughs> and you're like, Peter, you're such an idiot. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Matt, you're such an idiot. Half the time, mine doesn't even have a comma in between the two. They just run on. And I can relate to Peter. What I love is in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus calls the first disciples. And, and they're, being, they're fishermen and they're fishing for uh, a fish and, and all these things. And it says that Jesus comes and he calls the disciples and he says, Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And it says this, at once they dropped everything that they knew, everything they did, and they followed him. There's something about that intrigues me because Jesus carries this presence, this stature, that they dropped everything they knew, their comfortable lives, everything, what provided for them, everything they knew, they dropped it at once and they followed Jesus. I'm going, man, I want to be like that. And then we see Peter, and he begins to graduate a little bit. And we see Peter, he's, he's man, he's always asking these great questions and stuff. And we see um, one time he's on a boat, and Jesus is coming through this. And he's walking on water, and, 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 and Peter's like, Jesus, is that you? And he said, yes, it's me, come. And, Jesus, or, and Peter steps out on the, on, the, on the water, and we all know it. And we're like, man, Peter's walking on water. Could you imagine that first step? You're like, oh, gosh, this is so, and you're like, ah. But then he says this. He begins to doubt. He begins to sink. And Jesus keeps him up. And what does he say? And ye of little faith. In this moment of Peter's high, in the same time as Peter's low, he just begins sinking. You've already stepped out on the boat. What are you doubting for now? And then we see this, the disciples are around, and, and Jesus predicts that one of the disciples is going to deny him three times. You guys remember that story? And who was the one who denied him three times? Dang it, Peter. Peter's like, not me, Lord. I will never deny you. I love you too much. Sure enough, Peter denies Jesus not once, not twice, three times. You look at him and you're like, Peter, he already told you this was going to happen. Man, how could you deny him? My life depends on it. But we want to know what I love about God, and he's so faithful. As Peter denies, could you imagine how Peter felt after Jesus was crucified? Just guilt, broken. God, I didn't even love you enough. You said it was going to happen, and I said it wasn't, but I still failed. This is not what I thought when I dropped my net and you said, follow me. God, I thought I was following you. 
I didn't think I was going to follow you to death, and now what am I supposed to do? So what does Peter go back and do? He goes to fish. And sure enough, they're not catching anything. I could only imagine this day. They're all bummed out. I love to fish. First of all, a bad day of fishing. and I love my work, so I don't know if it's better than a good day of work, but I love fishing. And so I just picture these guys downcast. They're trying to catch fish because they need to make a paycheck. They're back to what they're doing. And what do we see? This guy from the shore tells them, throw their net on the other side. Sure enough, that just so much they can't bring it in. And then they see all of a sudden this revelation that it is their Lord. He's resurrected and he's back. And what does Peter do? He jumps off the boat and swims to shore. He's like, my Lord has returned and I love Jesus. He's such a servant. He's already made them breakfast. How great is that? Breakfast is going so well, all of these things. And you see Peter, and he goes back, and what does God do? He gives Peter a chance of redemption. He's already promised Peter that Peter is the rock in which the church will be, be built. And we, we know that, man, from this, man, Simon, I give you the name Peter, means rock on which my church will be built. It's already been a promise from God, but just a few seconds later, he also says, get behind me, Satan. It's another example of all these things. In this moment, I believe God just reestablishes Peter's kingdom identity, not his earthly one, because the truth is, is we all fall short, and our plans are a mess. And so what happens is Jesus comes back around to Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? Peter goes, of course I love you. Not once, not twice, how many times? Three times. The same amount of times that he denied God. God gives him a chance to confess. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And Jesus says this, then feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And then he does it again. Peter's getting kind of disturbed, like, God, don't you believe me? But I think it's perfect. He asks him three times. And the last one, he says this. He says, John asked, but God, what about the disciple that you said denied you? Would he, will he enter in? Will he be one? And Jesus says, absolutely. This is what you must do. Follow me. Why? Because I will make you fishers of men. My plans are so much better. You keep wanting to go back to your earthly plans, but I have a kingdom plan for you, and the reward is Jesus. It's what Jacob just spoke to us in Philippians chapter 3, is I will press on to the prize. The prize is Jesus. It's your promise, it's my promise, and it's everyone's promise who confesses in the name of the Lord, and we will be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and let let me tell you, your purpose is kingdom, and your purpose is eternal, and it's so much better than anything we could comprehend. Let me just tell you for a second. Did you think if Jesus gave Peter a revelation at the moment on that shore and says, I will make you a fisher of men, and then just gave him a glimpse of all of the struggles and heartache that he was going to do, do you think Peter would have dropped his net at once and followed him? Heck no. In the same day that I broke my back and I had my plan set for me and I had it my way and this is what I was going to do is glorify my name, God set my path and he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And if he would have showed me that I was going to speak before you today in front of a group of 350 congregants, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, I would have ran. I would have turned my boat the other way. I would have said, heck no, I'm living for myself. And he said, no, I'm going to take you through baby steps. I'm going to give you men like Aaron Wallace. 
I'm going to give you guys like Dennis Wallace and Jacob Hall and Ryan and brothers and sisters, these youth that constantly keep me accountable to the gospel that he has called me to, that I am called to be a truth bearer, an arm bearer for Jesus Christ. And so I stand before you today with the call on my life that started with a wreck in my plan. And God said, hey, my promise is for you. Stop trying to change it. And he says for you today, my promise is for you. Try not to change it. Stop trying to change what I have for you. It's so much better than anything you could comprehend. Peter found it to the place where he began to walk by as his shadow touched people. They were healed. Guys, we were called to a supernatural lifestyle, not a natural one. It shouldn't look like your other fellow uh, uh, co-workers and and students and, and peers. We should stand out because we have the Holy Spirit and Jesus over our life, and we carry miracles. We carry literally supernatural abilities. And the, the, the truth is, is Satan's constantly trying to destroy that identity that God has spoken over you. I speak to you graduates today. As the band comes up, we're going to finish out. I've asked Pastor Aaron to commission all of us today because I believe that this message is for so many more than our graduates. But to you graduates, I tell you, it's okay if your plans don't come out the way. This room is full of a whole bunch of people whose plans are been in disarray. But let me tell you this. It is so much better than you could ever comprehend. Stop living selfish, self-righteous, surrender, and watch God use you. Peter came to a place where he was going to be martyred for his beliefs, for following Jesus. And he felt it such an honor to die for his Lord. He didn't want to die in the same manner that Christ. He was crucified upside down. He gave his life for kingdom, for the reward, the prize of Jesus. Come on. The prize, the reward of Jesus is your plan, is your reward. That is who you are. I speak it over to you. Every youth in this room, I speak it over you. Every children in this hall, we pray right now that you are sons and daughters, kingdom warriors, and we pray kingdom identity to you, that the world or Satan will not come against you, the weapons will not prosper. We are raising up kingdom warriors, and we are going to take it back, and we're going to advance the kingdom by living out the promises God has for us. That's it. That's it. And so I speak it over you today, and I say, let's walk in God's plan. Let's walk in our kingdom identities and watch what God is going to do. Amen. All right, can we get you guys to stand up today? And here's what we want to do. I'm just going to, I want to read this over you. So basically, Matt just shared it's time to graduate, not just for graduates, for all of us to graduate from our life dreams, our life goals, the mission that we put on our heart, and to make sure that we're graduating into God's goals, which means we've got to lay some things down. And so I'm asking today, if you're ready to commit to graduation Sunday, not just as a senior, college, if you're ready to commit to graduation Sunday and say, God, it's not about my plans anymore today, would you close your eyes? Would you put your hands up in the air? And let's just declare to the Lord that we want to graduate in His plans. Because this morning at 6 a.m., I got a word for you guys. Somebody sent it to me. I want to read it to you. This guy had a vision of Jesus walking into this place today. 6 a.m., he sent this. He says, I saw Jesus walking up to people whose eyes were closed like they were asleep. He began to place his hands 
which his hands looked like they were on fire. And he says he began to place his hands on people's hearts. He says, I got the sense that their hearts were hard and the fire began to melt the hardness of those hardened hearts. The person's heart was then set on fire and awakened. And listen to what it says. Once their heart was awakened, the person's eyes would then open and their eyes were seeing Jesus differently now. It was like he was clear. He became something more to them, more than religion, more than just this religious experience. Jesus became something more and they began to receive what Jesus had for them. That's a word that somebody had today in a vision at 6 a.m. for what he was gonna do in this room. And so today, Father, we pray that that word is true that that word is that your hand like fire is touching hearts today and that God whatever hardness we place on our hearts that it's going to be my plans that prosper my ways my life dreams my goals God would you reset recalibrate recommission our hearts today God where our goals that we're our that we're graduating from today is that we're going to follow in your ways for your ways prosper us father that our destination is not just to be really good Christians that try to get into heaven, that our destination is Jesus, that our goal is Jesus, that our prize is Jesus. And yes, we get to be in heaven, but we get to be in heaven because Jesus is there. And so God, today we recommission this group of people and we say today on graduation Sunday, we graduate from our plans into the plans of God. For it's in your name we pray these things and all God's people said, Amen, amen. We're going to close out with this song. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.